I have a question for you. Do you make money? Yes, I'm sure you do. Now, do you spend money? If you spend money, that makes you an investor. On this episode, we are talking about the four main types of investors. You are one of them. We're diving in. Welcome to Success Convo. I'm Ryan Ingle here with Kate Carlisle. We're going to go down the line and we're going to talk about these types. Now, I asked you if you make money. Of course you make money. You make money in some way, whether that's doing your regular job, whether you're talking about portfolio income, passive income. Maybe your grandmother gives you money at Christmas and that means you spend money too. What we like to do is spend money. What we don't often like to do is make money. And in this episode, we're going to dig in here. We're going to talk about the types of investors and it's going to clear up maybe what type you are. You ready for this one, Kate? I'm excited. Let's get to it. So let's kick it off. The first investor, the first type of investor is the spender. They get their money and then they spend their money on dumb shit. And you might be saying, well, how does that make you an investor? That's what you're spending your money in. If you're buying shoes, you've invested your money in shoes. Do you agree with this philosophy? Yeah. And I, one thing that really I, I don't understand and I see it all the time is people who get a bonus, for example. Bonus is a really good case study for how people will use their money because some people will get that $300, $400 bonus at the end of the month for you know whatever it may be at work and think think of it as sort of free money, monopoly money, if you will. We're like, oh, I can go out and I can get you know that new Xbox or I can get this, that or the other thing. And it's, I mean, that's money that should be going right into your crisis account. It's not money that you should be blowing on some you know new toy or new commodity that you, you want to get to look good, again, to impress people that you don't care what they think anyways. Um, but I see that all the time and it really is just crazy to me. That's the, the ultimate spender mentality is somebody who gets that extra money and just can't wait to use it on something fun. Dead on. And I can tell you a story. When I was a little kid, I had this friend and he would get money from his grandmother. You know, your grandmother gives you a Christmas. she give you $100. What'd your grandmother give you for Christmas? Kate grandmother gives her 500. My grandmother's give me 100. Either way, we love our grandmother. I'm sure some of us out there are lucky to get a dollar. We'll talk about my grandfather on another podcast. He was a a department store owner, a very successful businessman in his own right. So, but very frugal with his money. So he would have liked this podcast. Awesome. Okay. So check it out. This friend of mine, he would get the hundred dollars from his grandmother and then he would immediately go blow it. This money was burning a hole in his pocket. And I would say, dude, why would you just buy all of those Pokemon cards? Remember Pokemon cards? Oh yeah. This kid didn't even like Pokemon cards and literally just bought all the packs with a hundred. And he said, well, I bought them all because it wasn't my money to begin with. It was bonus money. My grandmother gave me that for Christmas. It drew an immediate red flag in my mind because it's like the money went into your possession. It is your money. And I think the adult version of this is a bonus Or there's something else that people get and they say, oh, it wasn't my money anyway. What is it? Tax return. Tax return. Exactly. (laughs) How many people go and wait for that tax return and then they go and blow it? They don't invest it. So that's the first mindset, the first mentality, the spender. And that is an investor category you want to move yourself away from. The next one is also a very dangerous one. This represents the second half of the majority because sadly the majority is the spenders and this category, category two, this is the savers. Savers. Did you know that if you're saving your money, you're holding on to your money and it's just in your bank account, it's actually depreciating? Crazy, right? Savers spend the majority of their life trying to live risk-free, trying to hold their money like a nest egg in order to retire comfortably. The saver mentality comes from 
our parents. Our parents tell us, well, don't spend your money on this. Don't spend your money on that. Hang on to your money. Save your money. Saving your money as a child is a very good move. And maybe even as a teenager, it's good to save your money because you haven't built yourself up into an investor category that you can make that money work for you. Do you agree with this? Absolutely. And this was a category that I found myself falling into for a very long time where I was very reluctant to take risks, mostly because I didn't understand. This was probably early college where I didn't really understand, you know, what kind of investments I would make if I was to invest. And so I I was that saver. And it is, like you said, very dangerous because if you're just sitting on your money, your money's not working for you. And it's going to run out eventually if you're not investing it somewhere where it's going to accumulate and appreciate. And, you know, people think, oh, I'm developing this nest egg. But again, if your money's just sitting in the bank, that, you know, $500,000 that you've been saving forever and ever, that's going to run out when you retire. So absolutely, I'm, I'm fully on board with this as being the second worst. Yeah. And most people, they develop the saver mentality in their teens or as a child, and then they cement that saver mentality in their 20s or even their late 20s. Something will hit you and you're sitting on a lot of money. Maybe, you know, you're sitting on 20K, you've, you've amassed $20,000 and you have no debt. Something comes along to wipe that money out or you're too scared and undereducated about how money actually works to take that risk. I'll tell you a time that it hit me. I was a junior in college. I had some money saved up and I bought my first iPod. Steve Jobs announced the iPod. I bought one. I went to the gym with my first iPod. It was an iPod Nano. It was silver and white. Some of you might remember this. And I was playing that while I was getting my workout on. As a bodybuilder, I couldn't help but realize how slim this item was fitting right in my pocket and I had thousands of tunes on there, thousands of tracks right at my fingertips and I thought, this is revolutionary. This is changing everything. Who made that? Apple. They also made iTunes. They dominated the market with iTunes and their stock was beginning to get hot. Had I known how to get into stocks, I would have easily put my money down on that but... Sadly, we weren't taught about stocks in school. We weren't taught about taxes, any of those things. You know, we always go into these rants, but no one took me under the wing and taught me how to invest. I remember calling my dad and said, Dad, I got this iPod. I mean, I'm telling you, it's revolutionizing things. My dad said, really? Wow, it does that. I remember buying him one for his birthday that same year, loading it up with Rush. Do you listen to any Rush? <laughs> no. Okay, so this is from the 70s. I loaded it up with Rush, Led Zeppelin, everything he likes. When I handed him that iPod, he goes, dude, this is crazy. Oh my goodness, he's taking it to work. He's listening to it so thankful. Here we are. Neither one of us knew to invest in Apple. Had we done that, a $10,000 investment then would have minted us millionaires by now, easily millionaires. So think about those things. We were in the saver category because we were groomed up to be in the saver category. Now, a little disclaimer here. I don't think there's anything wrong with being in the saver category because I think you should graduate to that if you are in the spender category. We talked about this before. Kate mentioned it in this episode, but we've talked in previous episodes about building up your crisis account. You should be in the saver category until you've got yourself a netted crisis account. We've also had some talks on what that amount is and we're basically decided that it's three to four months of your living. Some people think it's more, some people think it's less. To play it safe, I think it's three to four months. You really want to stretch it, make it a year of a crisis account. And then as a saver for a while, you might even graduate to a more advanced saver. One thing to to note about the more advanced saver, they rely on a single force to grow their capital. That force is time. Because their rate of return is generally consistent, a saver's primary mechanism to achieve wealth is the interest. They invest and they wait. Some savers actually do well for themselves. But if you're ready to graduate to the next level of investor, 
you are going to become a speculator. If you read Wall Street books at all, read anything on finance, you've definitely heard this term. In short, a speculator is those who take ultimate control of their investment and they make riskier bets. They try to remove time from the element and shorten it. So these are the people who are always looking for that next high. They think that, you know, it's all about being at the right place at the right time. It's all about luck. It's all about, you know, getting your big break. And they're constantly looking for that next investment opportunity rather than diversifying their portfolio in the interest of, you know, slow and steady, consistent gains. They're the people who will look at, you know, the Googles or the Snapchats or the Facebook when Facebook first came out and, and dump all of their money in that in hopes of, of generating a huge return. And sometimes it does work out for you, which is great. I mean, heck, we just were talking about Apple. If we had bought in on Snap, is not so hot right now, but if we had bought in on Facebook early, we'd be doing very Source well subject. for ourselves. Source subject. Source subject too soon. Um, you know, but uh, so it can work out for you. The downside is you're taking a significant risk for the possibility of a significant return, but not a guarantee. And if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't have much financial literacy, if you don't really understand how stocks work, going into something that's that risky is, you know, a significant leap of faith that you're taking and one that may not work out for you. So again, this is something that, you know, once you've built up your bona fides and you've got some experience under your belt, maybe a good opportunity for you, but certainly not something to jump from, you know, let's say saver to speculator. One thing that I hear very scary, you've got the the person who's kind of like a wannabe speculator. They don't even have a stocks account. They don't know how to trade and they want that account so fast. As soon as they get the account, they're like, okay, I'm ready to spend my money, ready to spend my money. No, stop. You want to be a little well-read. And I do want to throw this out there and say that, you know, a speculator is actually a term. It can be used for terminology. So if someone tells you that they're a, a stocks and real estate speculator, they're trying to categorize themselves there though they may not be a full speculator because if they're very well read, they are probably a little higher up the chain. They're just using that for terminology's sake alone. Higher up the chain, next level up. So you've got your speculator. What is the next step up? Kate, you want to tell us about this one? This is the specialist category. And to me, this is really the sweet spot of where you want to be. Unlike the speculator, this is not the type of person who is seizing the moment to go into one market versus the next and sort of looking for what's hot at any given point in time. This is the person who really you know, spends the time and energy drilling down in a particular area, whether it be real estate, whether it be oil, whether, you know, whatever the biotech, commodity, biotech, right. um, you know, a particular field and really honing their expertise and their knowledge to be able to invest smart in that field. Also having some diversification, but really, like I said, honing in on that one area. Um, and this is the type of, if you're able to develop skills as a specialist, you're not dependent on the rise and fall of the market. You're sort of slow and steady riding the course because you can invest hot, cold, or sort of somewhere in the middle and still win. So this is really where you want to be as opposed to the speculator, which is sort of wildly jumping from here to there and hoping to make it big. This is some sort of the slow and steady wins the race kind of mentality. Exactly. And I'll tell you right now, one of my mentors gave me a really funny, good piece of advice that stuck with me. And he said, most people in America, they want to BHP method with their stocks. They use the BHP strategy. You ever heard that term? Mm -hmm. BHP is buy, hold, and pray. That is what these people are doing <laughs> with their stocks. They hear about something that's good and then they want to go out and they buy it because they think it's hot. This is the exact opposite of a specialist. And Kate hinted at it right here. They know how to win in an up market or a down market. If you know how to win in an up market or a down market, you're most likely specialized in certain areas. Here's a great example. Warren Buffett, he does not buy into tech stock. 
You would think that's crazy because tech is so hot. Think about the Facebook IPO. Think about all the things that are moving around in the tech world and how fast you could get so much money. Well, Warren Buffett trades stock. Shouldn't he trade tech stock? No, because that's not his area of expertise. He stays within his zone of confidence, he calls it. And that is all about being a specialist. You can be a specialist in a few different areas. And I think you should definitely build your pedigree up so that you know a little bit about real estate. You know about real estate investment trusts. You know about ETFs, you know about some sectors, have like two or three sectors. One thing that I give, just advice right across the board, when you're specializing in anything, grab the big two. And the big two is two different types of fields that you know more, you know 80% more than the average Joe would know, then that would qualify you as a specialist. Kate and I were joking a minute ago about Snapchat. <laughs> it's kind of a sore subject for me because I did buy in on Snapchat pretty big. I didn't do that from a speculative place. And Snapchat actually has a lot more value than the market is showing as of now. Time of recording, we're under $15 a share. But why is it dropping? There are psychological positions and reasons behind why the market will go up or down. So you have to think about that. You could be the best specialist in the world and still get smoked in a certain category. Absolutely. So now we've covered the four main types of investors. And I've been chomping at the bit here because it's my big takeaway. I want to change the game with a new type of investor. Let's hear it. I'm calling this the savage. Ooh. The savage is very different. Now, hear me out here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to down talk the specialist a minute. We are in a very fast-paced economy. No denying that, right? Things are moving so quick. Mm -hmm. And we're in the internet economy. We're in the information age, which means we can get information very quick. Before, becoming a specialist would take years and years of research. Now, getting a little bit of an edge can be done if you know where to look. One of my favorite quotes from Gordon Gekko in Wall Street is, the rarest commodity is information and where you find that information. It's very true. It's still a very rare commodity. You have to know where to look. Now, if you know where to look and you can gain enough information and get that 80% edge and then you want to take the speculator plunge because the speculator will dive in on risk. The specialist moves a little too slow for me, the traditional specialist, and the speculator, he's a little too wild for me. That's why the savage, and I want to go with another S because there's S trends, and you know, savage is a hot buzzword. I'm savage, you know, muscle flex over <laughs> here. So I think it's a very good position to take. And I want to end the savage with one specific quote, and I want to give it some validity here. You guys have all heard the quote, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. Well, Warren Buffett has evolved that quote into, you want to have a lot of eggs in a lot of baskets. What's he talking about? He's talking about grind. He's talking about hustling, working very hard so that you have enough information that you can specialize in more than one field right there. And that's the key to the fountain of youth too, continuing to take on new ventures. So you were dead on with that description and I like how you're carrying through the theme of the S's here, but I think you just wanted to use Savage in a podcast. Am I right? <laughs> you're right again. <laughs> now let's see what you got for a big takeaway. I can't wait to hear. I know you're going to smash this. All right. So I'm going to throw another S at you for my big takeaway. Ooh. This one is not so much. <laughs> no, this one is not so much a category as it is a mentality or a step that you can take in your process to becoming a more intelligent investor. And it's self-reflection. 
it goes a long way to be really honest with yourself about where you're at in your money journey. I've seen so many people make the leap from spender, so sort of willy-nilly, actually gambling, going to casinos and going out for nights drinking on the town with friends and things like that, to speculator, where they're they're spending their money and they think they're doing what's right by, by plowing it into investments, but they don't know what they're doing. And so they're not making smart investments. That's probably the worst transition you can make. You're just going from using your money in a bad way to using your money in a really dangerous, worse way, because you really don't know where you're, where you're headed if you're dumping it all into stocks and don't know anything about the market. Taking a minute to really be honest with yourself about where you're at, what your level of financial intelligence is. And if you don't know a whole lot, that's okay. Everybody starts somewhere. But take the time. Don't feel like you see your friend, you know, Joe Schmo over here investing in stocks and, oh my God, I got to be like him. He's doing so well for himself. I'm going to do exactly what he's doing because chances are he's been doing that for a couple of years and has fallen on his butt a couple of times trying to get where he's at. So just, just really be patient with yourself and take steps, certainly, to, to be a more intelligent investor and to start Keep using learning. your money, yeah. making your money work for you. But don't jump into it without your eyes wide open knowing what you're getting yourself into. One of my favorite big takeaways that you've ever had, you, you really just hit the nail on the head. Can I crystallize this with a metaphor? Sure. Karate. Karate are the most disciplined form of art, one of the most. Talking jujitsu, any form. But picture the belt system. A karate practitioner would not walk in there, and I'm probably butchering the terminology a little bit here, but roll with me on this. They would not walk in there on their second week of training and have the sensei hand them a black belt. I like this. Wouldn't make any sense, right? They would Mm -hmm. say, well, hold on. I I know it takes me X number of years and and discipline to earn this black belt, but in finance, oh, (laughs) there's plenty of people out there happy to tell you to put your money here, put your money there. You got nobody watching you, and you've got all these little incentives and things that you hear that you can move up, but if you're not a black belt, don't go in that ring. Don't step into that That's ring. That's an awesome Let, metaphor. Let's take it one further. Let's say he hands that yellow belt or whatever belt, a white belt, a black belt, and then says, tomorrow night, you're going to fight the baddest fighter in the, you know, the Cobra Kai fighter is going to be there. And there's no way in hell you're going to get in that ring. Don't do that to yourself in the markets. Build yourself up with true discipline. I think we're one of the only podcasts that are going to let that one in there. That Probably, going to yeah. say it like that because everyone else is willing to say, well, hold on, hold on. I've got a stocks course over here and it's uh, $600 and you'll be rich the next day. <laughs> yes, guys, you got to understand. And you just nailed it with that one. Self-reflection, going with the S theme. I think with that ultimate metaphor there, we can. that's just a mic dropper right there. So <laughs> smash that one, Kate. Thanks. Thanks for being here with Success Convo. What you just heard was understanding money, the four types of investor. We can call it the five types now that you know about Savage, but we're going to leave that in there as a secret weapon. We are going to do a three-part course called Understanding Money. You just heard the first one. Make sure you subscribe to Success Convo. Put wherever you heard this on notifications. Save the blog. Share the blog. I want you here with me, and I want you to be in. What's our group called? Sleepless for Success. Jump in here. Facebook. Throw it into your search bar. Search the group. Answer the questions. You get let in for free. And we have a lot going on in there. We have live feeds, talking money. We do Q&As. This is where we discuss success combo. That's why this group was started. To what you're listening to is that we could make this a group discussion. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm Ryan Engel. This is Kate Carlisle. And we will catch you in the next one.